So I recall while I was still a student, I got a notice from the city of St. Louis telling me that I needed to serve jury duty. And since I was a student at the time, I didn't really want to do that. So I filled out the form and told them, I'm a student, I can't miss class, I can't serve on jury duty. And I sent that back and I thought, okay, I got out of it. Well, then I got another notice later and it was for jury duty again. And this time it was during one of the breaks uh, from, from school. So I was like, all right, I can't really get out of this one. So I went um, and I was there in the court house in a giant room with a bunch of other people waiting to see if I would be called up for a case. And I had brought a book and I had my phone. And so I was trying to keep myself occupied. But after a couple of hours, I was just like, I really don't want to be here. And I was not happy about the situation. Um, I was just kind of complaining to myself. And uh, I was bored of the book already. And uh, what was on TV wasn't interesting. And the people chattering around me, I wasn't interested in those conversations either. So in my being upset, I just brought that to the Lord in prayer, and I told him all about it. And I suddenly had this inspiration to look up, and so I did. And what I saw was a window, and in that window was a giant cross. It divided the window into four different panes, and the top two panes were kind of small, and the bottom were rather long. And as I gazed upon the cross and the window in the courthouse in downtown St. Louis, the Lord started filling me with his grace, letting me know that he's with me, he understands, and we're going to get through this and it'll be okay. And so it seemed to me almost like everything suddenly changed because of that. Instead of being upset and downcast and in self-pity, I was actually excited. God is with me. He's here in the midst. He has a plan, and this is going to go well. And even though I was still there in the courthouse waiting to see if I was going to be called up for a case, it was as if everything changed. I was strengthened by the Lord because I had reached out to him and I was open to receiving the grace that he wanted to give me. I think at different times in our lives, we all need to be strengthened. We can see in our gospel passage that even the disciples needed to be strengthened. We hear about the transfiguration in our gospel, where Jesus gives a glimpse of his glory to his top three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And we might wonder, well, why does he do that? It's because shortly before this, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And Peter, on behalf of all the apostles, said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus renames him Peter and gives him the keys to the kingdom and says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So like this is a great moment of celebration. It's like, okay, you know who I am. So now I'm going to take you to the next level of our relationship. I'm going to reveal to you the plan of God. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be persecuted and I'm going to die on the cross. And then on the third day, I'll be raised. They were put completely into confusion. This is not at all what the disciples had in mind of what the Messiah is going to do and how this is supposed to work. In their minds, the Messiah is going to raise a giant army and cast out all the Romans so that they're no longer under Roman oppression. That this new kingdom would be like the kingdom of King David, 
So when Jesus says he's going to suffer and die, they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. In fact, Peter tries to correct Jesus and say, may that never happen to you. And Jesus rebukes him. So his disciples are all confused and they're all upset and they don't understand what's going on. And now they're starting to waver like, I don't get it. What is he talking about? That's not how this is supposed to work. They needed to be strengthened. And so Jesus, knowing what they need, took his top three up to the top of Mount Tabor. And he gives them a glimpse of his glory. And just to help them understand who he is, he also has Moses and Elijah up here. Moses gave them the old covenant. Moses brings the law to the people, establishes this relationship with God, and gives them an identity as a people separate from all the others. Elijah represents all the prophets, and the prophets point to the coming Messiah. And so the law and the prophets are giving testimony to Jesus that he is God. He is the Messiah. He is the promised one. And seeing him with the glory shining through his human body, Peter's so overwhelmed, he's like, let's stay here and build tents, and you guys can stay in the tents. Because he doesn't really know what to say. It's so amazing. It's so awesome. This moment that Jesus is giving them, this gift, is so powerful. And God can do that for us, too. At different times in our lives, sometimes it's easy to pray, and God's presence seems obvious, and we desire it, and we're joyful about being Catholic and living out our faith. And other times, it's just really hard. It's hard to pray. It seems like God's not listening. It seems like he's nowhere to be found. And it's hard to follow our teachings when the world tells us something different. To be faithful Catholics, to live out the commandments is not easy. And so we can look to the Lord. We can turn to the Lord in those moments of difficulty, in those moments of challenge, and be open to whatever grace he may give us. And it might be something subtle. It might just be a lightening of the load. It might just be a little bit of relief from the situation. It might be something more powerful. It might be something amazing. But if we turn to God and ask him for assistance, he won't disappoint us. If we turn to God and ask for help, he'll get us through that situation. And sometimes he gives us something powerful even when we're not in danger, even when there's not something going wrong, when we just come to him in prayer. And coming to him in adoration is a great opportunity, too, to actually be in front of the Lord who's truly present in the Eucharist and to open our hearts and minds to whatever he wants to give us. Sometimes he gives us these powerful gifts even when we're not in distress. And then when we are later on, we can look back to those moments and draw strength from them. When Jesus gave this gift, it wasn't just to help them in that moment of confusion, of difficulty, trying to understand what he's talking about, but to help them when it actually happened, too. Because we see what happens when Jesus is arrested. What do the disciples do? They don't stay with him. They all scatter. All of them hide. And they're put to confusion. They don't understand what's going on. And only John comes back. Only John is there with Jesus when he's on the cross. The others are, are not nearby. Maybe they were looking on at a distance, but they didn't want to be associated with Jesus out of fear, out of fear that they would share the same fate. And so, 
afterwards, we even hear on the road to Emmaus, they're talking about what happened and, and they're confused and they don't get it. And that's really what all the disciples were doing. But they could look back to this moment, to the transfiguration, and be like, okay, I don't understand the whole death thing, but I remember when we were on Mount Tabor, this is what happened. He showed us his glory. I know he's the Lord, but I don't understand what's happening right now. And that can happen to us too. In the, di- in the difficulties and the challenges we face, we could be like that too. Like, I know the Lord is good, but this is difficult, what's happening right now. What's go- what I'm going through right now in my life is hard, and I don't understand it. But I can go back to these moments and remember that the Lord is good. He will bring good out of this situation. He will help me through this. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can always turn back to the Lord in those moments that he gives us for strength. In this next moment of silence, let us present to him whatever we might be struggling with. Or think back to times that he has blessed us and strengthened us. And allow him to give us more graces through that memory as we prepare to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist.